Hello everyone, my name is Alexandra Perry and you are listening to Investing After Hours, a Wealth Daily podcast. Today, the subject of our podcast is the digital currency, Ethereum. For those of you that aren't familiar with Ethereum, it is a digital currency that is rising to power right behind Bitcoin and it has a lot of long-term investing potential. Obviously, this is a new investment and it's fairly complex, so we decided that the best way to talk about it was to bring on our technology analyst, Jason Stutman. Jason, how are you? Pretty good. So, I know that with this particular topic, there's been a lot of stuff being published, there's a lot of stuff being talked about. It is on Bloomberg, it is on CNN, it is on pretty much every major news outlet at this point is talking about Ethereum. But what I wanted to talk to you about today is what is its long-term potential from a technology standpoint? And I think the best place to start that conversation is to talk about how it's different from perhaps it's, they say it's rival, but in all reality, they might not be rivals, but Bitcoin is sitting there as currently as the head of the cryptocurrency world, but Ethereum's gaining gaining fast. Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, Bitcoin and Ethereum, are they're similar in that they're, they're both, uh, they both are blockchain technologies, uh, which which means they basically operate on a, a distributed, uh, immutable immutable public ledger. Uh, so blockchains are kind of complicated, and I'd rather not get into the, the specifics. Uh, we've talked about this before, but uh, you don't need to understand how the transistors in your iPhone work to understand what it does and its potential. So what blockchains do is they basically just record transactions that can't be changed. Bitcoin was the first blockchain technology that came out, and it was strictly its purpose was strictly to make it a cryptocurrency. Ethereum is uh, Ethereum takes it a step further in that it's what you call a Turing complete, which means that you can program applications on top of it uh, using the decentralized blockchain. Again, Bitcoin's just an attempt at a consumer currency, while Ethereum is more like an entire platform for developers to build things on top of. Uh, it does use a cryptocurrency within it to lubricate uh, its, uh, you know, its transactions called Ether. Uh, but it's probably more accurate to it's it's probably not accurate in all senses, but it's it's a little more accurate to or helpful at least from an investing standpoint to think of Ethereum more as a, a an operating system, maybe like Android, than it would be to compare it directly to Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is almost like an application that you could, that you could theoretically build on top of Ethereum, while you can't actually build applications on top of Bitcoin itself. I think it's a really good point about um, Ether and Ethereum as well. I know that's something that a lot of investors struggle with is the idea that Ether is the gas that runs this network. And that you're going to see that across the board with cryptocurrencies like XRP is for Ripple. Um, all of them have, you're not actually investing in Ethereum, you're investing in Ether. But by process, you're taking stake in the technology behind the, the coin, which is different than Bitcoin because Bitcoin is predominantly a means of currency. Would you agree with that? I, I would just, I would kind of want to back up and say that, like, people, the, the question that people, the key question that everyone wants to ask is, uh, why do these things have value? And currency has value or money has value because uh, it provides some kind of utility, uh, whether it be uh, reducing friction in transactions or, uh, you know, in the case of uh, Ethereum or Bitcoin, um, increasing security. So, Ethereum has value uh, in the sense that, it, as, as you said, it, it's, it's a fuel for these kinds of transactions. Uh, and, and what we're seeing is a lot of, uh, 
a lot of corporations and a lot of companies and a lot of startups that are building applications on top of it. And the reason why Ether, the cryptocurrency within the Ethereum platform, has value is because uh, it's needed to fuel these transactions, just like any other kind of currency would be used to fuel transactions uh, in a normal daily process. But then investors should be more confident in Ethereum, you think, than Bitcoin, because Ethereum, it sounds, based on what you said, has more utility in the real world than Bitcoin does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's completely accurate to say. So do you see, I think we before we move away from Bitcoin and Ethereum, a big question that people are asking is, who will come out on top? Do you see there's a reason to pit the two against each other, or is it more of a both could exist in their own way Yeah. So. So I don't think that they, uh, I don't think it's a one or the other kind of thing. I think you can make a case, uh, I would make the case that Ethereum is a more promising long-term technology. Uh, Bitcoin had first mover advantage and that's about it. So if you think about, if you compare it to, you know, the advent of the, uh, of cell phones or the smartphone, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, Apple did not invent the smartphone. They took, uh, they took an idea that other people had come up with, and they improved on it substantially. And that's kind of what Ethereum is doing. Uh, they, they're taking the idea of a blockchain, and they figured out how to do a whole lot more with it than Bitcoin can. It, it, does this mean that Bitcoin is, uh, <clears throat> is not necessarily going to succeed? Uh, no, but it, it, does, it does mean that Ethereum has far more utility of application. So this, is, this isn't even a question that we talked about when we were putting together the idea of how do we want to talk about Ethereum, but I think it's an interesting question that you just raised. Um, I almost call it coin jumping. It seems to be that we have a bulk of investors in the digital currency market right now, and there's a huge influx of new investors. And one of the things that I've noticed when you watch fluctuations happen, because it's an extremely volatile market, is that people, when one digital currency falls, say Bitcoin, Ethereum might surge, or if Ethereum sure. falls, Bitcoin surges. So. Do you, do you think that's a wise move for investors or no? Yeah, well, I think it's it's just inevitable because you have uh, a specific world of people that right now are in tune with what's going on with the the world of digital currencies. So you're going to have you're having some money that's filtering in from the outside, but as you're pointing out, and so I think that's a really great observation is that you're you're seeing a lot of the money just being shifted uh, or you know coin jumping. I like that term. Uh, <laughs> just just hopping around from one to the other. So in that sense, the cryptocurrencies are competing because they're, they're yeah. competing between, uh, they don't compete in a market sense, but because a huge, the, the vast majority of people that are buying these cryptocurrencies right now are speculative investors, they're competing for that speculative money. Yeah, they're competing for their investors. I think it, it demonstrates a lack of understanding of the technology behind the currencies themselves. Yeah. Um, I've emphasized this to people when we talk about Ethereum is that you know you have to be putting your faith in the technology behind the coin rather than just the coin, but it's also something that the investors that are more experienced can look at the market and say those fluctuations are likely to happen when, like you see Bitcoin start to fall, you might see the other currencies start to fall as well because it initiates this panic cycle. Yep. Um, but I think that feeds well into our next segment, which is why you think this technology is here to stay, and the technology behind Ethereum is here to stay. Uh, well, I feel like that's a really bold, uh, it's a bold thing to say, uh, whether or not it's definitely going to stay. I, I think it's a, I think there's risk involved. Um, I, I think, again, I mean, if we want to just go back to, to the utility of, of what it does, uh, I guess we could talk a little bit, we, it probably is worth talking about the benefits of Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably the biggest touted benefit uh, is that 
Ethereum allows you to create, uh, again, it's Turing complete, so it allows you to basically execute applications or programs on top of it. So it can allow programmers to do pretty neat things like build smart contracts, which are just programs that execute uh, transactions automatically based on some kind of trigger, uh, whether that be like a specific date, a strike price, uh, anything that's uh, uh, coded. so, you know, if this happens, then do that. And what that uh, essentially does is it uh, removes the need for a middleman in, uh, in a lot of, uh, you could think of, think of it uh, in applications of legal, legal disputes or legal, con- legal contracts. Um, so if, you would, if I was renting a house from you, um, we could have certain stipulations that would say, you know, on this specific date, uh, this uh, this triggers, but if my account doesn't have the money in it, then maybe I have to pay you a, cert- a specific penalty. So without having to, you know, go having an actual person to or any, that. yeah, exactly to, to sit in the middle, the program is just going to do it automatically. So uh, what it does is it reduces friction be- between these transactions and really cuts out a lot of the costs that are currently associated with. Uh, with financial industries and uh, and legal legal industries, I think this efficiency is going to be a huge incentive to a lot of big corporations as well. I know that when you talk about finances, I think of smart contracts as having a lot of sway. Like I know Bank of America is currently working, and Microsoft actually pioneered the program, but they have a smart contracts based mortgage program that they're trying to launch, and it will save them so much a transaction, so much a event, a financial event that they don't have to. It will make, like, whatever money they're putting into developing this Ethereum-based application, they were going to make back a million times over. So Gotcha. It's, uh, I could see it having a lot of potential in the financial world. Are there any other sectors that you could see it? Uh, it's interesting because, I mean, I've seen instances of, you know, new startups and even uh, established corporations that are building programs on Ethereum that apply to virtually every industry, from from energy to finance to to just the basic idea of computing. So uh, one of the really interesting projects right now is uh, Gollum. And uh, if you think about what, what Ethereum, Gollum is basically an application that's built on top of Ethereum, and the idea is to decentralize uh, a super a supercomputer. Uh, by if you think of right now, you have a phone in your pocket. I have a phone sitting on this desk that have unused computing power. And what Ethereum would allow Gollum to do is essentially pay users in Ether for their unused computing power, so small bits of Ether, uh, and combine that into a single distributed network that would potentially be the most powerful computing device in the world. Uh, I actually didn't even get a chance to read this article, but I know you had posted something maybe yesterday or a couple days ago about uh, the use of Ethereum in in energy. I don't know if you want to expand on that. So it looks like it was actually um, a sister publication of ours, Energy and Capital, found this resource that was basically talking about how the energy industry is trying to increase its efficiency through the use of Ethereum-based applications. And that right there is a huge, huge potential because are really observing here is the chance to save a lot of corporations a lot of money, which is something that Bitcoin has kind of lacked. So when in that conversation, it's just creating Ethereum-based applications for their processing systems that will speed things along, go back to the smart contracts. If this is happening, do this. Imagine, I couldn't even imagine the yeah. potential that that would have. Even with our BGE companies, you know, 
because right now the way that we often pay for energy is leaves a lot of energy on the table is kind of wasteful penalizes people that aren't necessarily wasting energy so if there are basically restrictions set in place in the coding to measure these kind of funds and these transactions it'll save the company and the individual tremendous amounts of income i think it's actually more of the dirty energy <laughs> systems right now that are looking at ethereum but the um i one of the reasons that I find this to be such an incredible technology is because of that corporate backing. And I wanted to get your opinion on that as well, because that is when people ask me, you know, Bitcoin versus Ethereum, Bitcoin is established. It's been here for 10 years. Like if I only had $2,000, I tell you to asset allocate, but if I only had $2,000 and say for some strange situation, I could only put them in one, like who would I choose? And sure. I, I think yeah. a strong case is the corporate backing. Yeah. So, so if, that's a good point. Uh, Bitcoin's been around for a while, and it really doesn't have much corporate backing at all. Uh, and, and part of that's, again, because you can't do much with Bitcoin. You can't build anything on top of it. Ethereum is a platform that you can build on top of, and we've seen really strong evidence of uh, a huge corporate backing. Like, uh, you know, and this is something that I think just gets underappreciated by, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the uh, a lot of the analysts out there. So. Uh, I mean, I have a short list of uh, of companies that are involved, and uh, I, I can I can go down it. Uh, what are the names know. that stand out to you as like big big movers? Yeah, sure. So uh, J P Morgan, uh, J P Morgan Chase is uh, developing its own public ledger called uh, uh, Quorum. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. To be honest, uh, on top of Ethereum, um, there's uh, a group called the Ethereum Alliance. Uh, a, a lot of big names stick out in the Ethereum Alliance. You have uh, uh, Intel. Microsoft, Reuters, uh, Credit Suisse, uh, BP, uh, JP Morgan is in there as well, uh, ING, UBS, uh, you know, uh, Accenture. You have a lot of really big names that are looking to build applications on top of Ethereum or at least are supporting, you know, providing some support for the platform. So, you know, sometimes even if you don't fully understand the technology, you can look at who is you can look at you know look at the leaderships like the le leadership and where it's going um when you have this many big companies that are that are trying to get on top of it i think it's pretty safe to say that there's going to be you know it, at the very least it has more potential than bitcoin does uh, i think it's just it's interesting to me the corporate interest as well because bitcoin was so it wasn't even like a lack of corporate adoption it was a complete pushback from corporations yeah. like Ethereum, for the first time, we're seeing financial institutions embrace a cryptocurrency. Like, that is completely new playing field because Bitcoin is, like, I think a lot of retailers have embraced Bitcoin. I know Overstock, Expedia, like, some of the big ones are on that list. But to have the people that are currently changing our world and controlling our financial system, specifically the tech industry, devoting a time and energy and an alliance to developing a technology, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that before. Like Yeah, so if I would say that if, uh, if Bitcoin... If Bitcoin was uh, Bitcoin was a middle finger to, you know, corporations and uh, the bureaucratic nature of, uh, you know, of capitalism, then I would say that uh, Ethereum is a handshake. A handshake. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, adding just adding to the list, you have uh, SEC is is weighing on an Ethereum ETF, uh, and the uh, the UN recently adopted uh, Ethereum for uh, its World Food Pro Program. Uh, so they're using that to uh, facilitate uh, humanitarian efforts. Do you think that the SEC has a better chance of approving an Ethereum ETF because of the corporate backing, or are we looking at another Bitcoin? Because I know the Bitcoin ETF got rejected, the Winklevoss ETF got rejected uh -huh. fairly quickly, I think. There's, and 
Yeah, there's still a couple of uh, of Bitcoin ETFs uh, in the uh, in the hopper, but I- I'm not sure. Uh, to be to be honest, I don't think it's. Uh, I-, I wouldn't want to speculate on the chances of the Ethereum ETF, uh, you know, becoming approved. But I do think it's a fair point that if you have corporate backing, then you're going to have a little bit more sway. A bit more clout. I just noticed, like, imagine if we had a self-driving car alliance. That's what I like to say to people. We have right now in the self-driving car space, we have multiple companies combating yep. each other. Like, we have Google at war with we're at war with Ford. At over, like, it's just like it's it's almost like everything's counterproductive. And that's so, that's another question about Ethereum is how fast will it grow with? Yeah. So, so one of the interesting things uh, I think about why that's the case is that uh, because. Ethereum is distributed. You have a lot of the system is powered by people who don't work for these companies. They're they're people who are spread, you know, spread across the world. So it's very difficult for uh, for these organizations to create their own blockchain because the blockchain requires, uh, or most blockchains require, some kind of mining. And if you can't get that community of developers and the community of, of miners to be working on the system, then it's not going to run properly. So I think that's why in this case, in the case of Ethereum, uh, unlike most other technologies, these corporations are being forced to go to Ethereum because that's where the developer community is right now. And I think that's really the biggest, it's one of Ethereum's biggest assets is that you have a huge uh acceptance and backing from the developer community and wherever the you know it's like the opposite of brain drain wherever you have these brilliant minds going that's where that's where the production and that's where the the value is eventually going to be so this is kind of another one of those broad questions but you wrote a article a while back about ethereum being the foundation of an internet, of basically a supercomputer article, and I was wondering if you could expand on that for us. But that's a very pop culture into this. But right now, Silicon Valley yep. is so cutely timed is doing a um, their fourth season is about decentralized internet, and many of the ideas that they propose would function well on an Ethereum blockchain. In your mind, is this a true potential that we're looking at with this technology, and do you think we're going to get there very quickly? Uh, I, I don't think that the uh, I don't think it will be that quick in terms of like. Uh, you know, completely disrupting the internet. And I wouldn't say like a totally new foundation. I would say uh, it's it's an added layer. We're not sure exactly what Ethereum is going to be able to do, but it's going to be able to add certain added values. And uh, there's already, the internet is already layered uh, and it's already decentralized in some aspects, but Ethereum is going to be an additional piece on top of what we already have. And, and I do think that it's, it's almost absolutely going to happen, uh, you know. And this this goes right back to Gollum. It's it, you have all this computing power that's being unused. You have all these people that could be getting paid for it, and it's really it's the democratization of the internet. Uh, and you don't uh, it, in addition in addition to the actual uh, workings of it, what you get is a little bit of added security. So. Right now, whenever you you know if you send a, a message on the internet, it's goes through some centralized server anywhere, which makes it very vulnerable to attack. And uh, the, the big benefit of, of Ethereum in terms of creating a, a layer of the internet that is completely decentralized is that all the operations are occurring uh, across many different, ne- you know, a, a distributed network across the world. And, uh, and that makes the, uh, a point of attack incredibly difficult. Uh, 
some would probably say impossible. Theoretically, it's possible, but you would need an incredible amount of computing power that uh, probably no one will ever achieve. It is a step up from what we have either way. Yeah. I think that we are going to see a a heightened need for cybersecurity in our current space with the way we're heading, especially when we're heading toward the Internet of Things, self-driving cars, so many things that will rely on the security of the Internet to function. Yeah. Um, And that... It almost feels like things are happening in place, if that makes sense. Like, it, that's been a question in all those industries as well, is how are we going to secure these Internet-operated vehicles or these Internet-operated homes against invasion or cyber attack? These, it's, a, it's a ledger that cannot be altered. It cannot be changed. Mm-hmm. And that's really that's where a huge amount of the value comes in. Uh, the fact that the blockchain cannot be edited uh, because you have everyone working on the system to verify it is, you know, one of the primary benefits. So I think you can't walk away from this podcast without talking about volatility because this is unlike anything we have ever seen before when it comes to volatility. I mean, it's up there. It's up there. I've, um, I mean, for me, it's it's definitely certainly the most volatile thing I've ever seen. The, um, but I had a a friend that sold out during a dip a few weeks ago and he bought back in and I said, welcome back. On the dip or when it was? On the dip. On the, like, he sold out when it was at like 150. He, He bought in pretty low, but he sold out at like 150 and then he bought in again at 160. Okay, yeah. I'm like, welcome back to the wildly bucking horse because you never know what's going to happen. You can follow the news cycles, but it seems like there's a lot of, once again, going back to the new investors, um, a lot of buying and selling, day trading and long-term holds. Yep. Um, what would be your advice to investors that are watching this volatility? The first thing I would say is don't put in any more money than you're willing to lose. Yeah. Um, Ethereum is uh, an incredibly promising technology. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's unproven. Uh, there are still certain steps that need to be taken. Uh, there's still no application that's on top of Ethereum that's totally proven to be successful. The, the way I see it, it's kind of like the, uh, it's, the... It's very similar to the days of the dot-com boom, where you have a huge amount of speculation. And I'm just kind of talking about cryptocurrencies in general, yeah. where you're going to have a ton of speculators coming in that don't understand the technology, that are putting in a lot of money. A lot of the applications on top of Ethereum and a lot of the cryptocurrencies outside of Ethereum are going to fail. Some of them are going to succeed. Uh, Just like we saw with the the dot-com boom, you have companies like Google or Amazon, uh, I'm sure you can name a million others uh, that, not a million, but a a fair number of other companies that have come out and succeeded, but you also have plenty that have failed. If you don't fully understand what the technology does, or what a specific uh, application does, then I would say just don't invest in it. I'm pretty gung-ho about Ethereum. I, I feel I've, I'm very confident uh, in its ability to be successful. I don't think it's a, it's a sure thing, but I believe in it more than most other cryptocurrencies. And uh, so the, I mean, my advice, if you actually, if you believe in it, you understand the technology, you know the benefits of it, then your only strategy is not to try to time the the ups and downs. It's to just, when you initially invest, don't put in everything so that when you when there is a dip, you have some more money to put back in. So it's just buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. Uh, and all the, the panic. Way, you yes. You don't think people should panic in those dips. That's a huge issue. That's the last thing. So, I mean, it's, it's, this is, I mean, we see this in markets all the time. It's nothing, it's nothing new. Um, it, it might be more extreme in the case of cryptocurrencies, but it's the m- markets are led by uh, you know 
often, I mean, there's there's two aspects. You have actual real value, and then you have uh, investor psychology. Uh, and people get scared sometimes, and they see something, they see a stock dropping, 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 and they say, oh my God, I don't want to lose everything, and then they sell. And most of the times when people do that, uh, because we're all, you know, we're all human, we all have very similar ways of thinking, uh, you're probably selling at the bottom, and you're probably buying at the top. So uh, you really have to be uh, contrarian in your thinking and, and kind of, you know, if you think that it's going to keep going up, then when it goes down, buy it. I think it helps with digital currencies to go into them with each one you invest in, whether it be, because I think Ethereum is a big one for us here. We talk about it a lot. We cover it a lot. But there's a bunch of micro currencies, or I guess you all call them micro cap currencies that are below, you know, $5 still. And these currencies, like if you don't have a spreadsheet in front of you that's reminding you every second why you invested for the first place, you're probably not doing enough research to be yeah. invested. So, so you said something in there that I would actually uh, really, I would just makes me want to touch on. Uh, you talked about like a cryptocurrency trading for $5 or however much, however many dollars it's, it's trading for. Don't pay attention to the dollar amount of the currency. Pay attention to the market cap because uh, the same thing that you could do with stocks. I mean, if you reduce the number of shares, you're going to increase the price of the of the actual the unit. So it, the the actual price of the unit is is arbitrary when you are excluding the number of shares that are that are there. So you'll see. Uh, I mean, is I'm not sure if Ripple is still the th- is it still the third highest market cap? Yeah, theory. So it was Did- second last two weeks ago. Ethereum displaced it on Wednesday, and Ethereum is the second highest, and Ripple's right behind it. Okay, so Ripple. Yeah, so Ripple's the third. Yeah, um, and Ripple is only trading for a couple of cents, but that's because you know you have. I would assume then you would have more uh, of those uh, so in the Rip- system. Ripple actually has a much higher amount of a higher volume of coins compared yes. to Ethereum yeah. and Bitcoin. So, so the um, so yeah, so people might look at that. I've, I have a uh, I've been talking to cryptocurrencies to you know friends and roommates, and a lot of them have seen uh, a couple of my friends got in early with me, and and uh, we've been talking about it. And the friends who haven't gotten in yet are now all they you know they don't know anything about it, but they're they've been asking about it. And they're saying, oh, what do you think about this one? It's only trading for five cents. Or what do you think about this one? It's only trading for this much. Just because it's trading for a couple of cents doesn't mean that it's going to go up to the yeah. level of Bitcoin. You have to pay attention to the market cap. And there lies a trap as well. That's a different podcast, so ICOs yeah, sure. are a different podcast. Yeah, I don't mean to. I just I felt like it was important to kind of to, to drop in there. I think it's very important. I think it's a, it's a very dangerous new world we're entering in regards to investing because I think a lower price always attracts more people, but yes. it doesn't necessarily indicate a better currency. Sure. Or... I also think that now we've had two success stories, but those often kind of overshadow the millions of failure stories that yes. go unnoticed in the digital currency market because at the end of the day, it doesn't take a lot to turn out a digital currency. No. And that means that we have a lot of inexperienced teams or developers or maybe unexperienced leadership that are standing behind coins that don't have a lot of potential. So you. Yeah, or people who are just plain nefarious, you know? Yeah. Uh, I would not say that cryptocurrencies, no, cryptocurrencies. As, as a general are not a scam, but you, I'm sure there are some people out there that have no intention of actually building uh, a successful cryptocurrency. Uh, they, their intention is to uh, create their own, you know, obtain as many uh, units as they can early on and then, uh, and, and then boast it up. So I think it's important to, to stay informed and to make sure that you, uh, you know which of these uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies are actually uh, serious and have real utility versus those that are created kind of as, you know, 
jokes uh, like Dogecoin, Dogecoin or, or uh, you know, I there's didn't a, know it was a joke until I saw the dog on it. Yeah, there's a number of them that are not uh, are not serious, and, and I would definitely urge uh, investors to steer clear of. The um, so I think what we can walk away from this podcast today with is some big like if you're a first time Ethereum investor. Um, or preparing to invest in Ethereum, you now know what to expect from the market. It's extremely volatile. And at the end of the day, I think your points, like if there's one thing that we've consistently hit on throughout this podcast is that the technology should reign supreme. If you are investing in something like this, you should be investing in the technology, not the, not the, the token or the hype or the crowd. And you'd say Ethereum is, is the best bet when it comes to that. It's up there, yeah. It's up there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, everyone. So we actually have a digital currency ebook, and it will hyperlink to it below if you are interested in learning more about digital currencies or need to get set up on how to purchase them. We will be back with a lot more digital currency topics in the future. We will also give someone $10 in free Bitcoin oh, yes. or cryptocurrencies if they sign up through our link. So. so $10 in free Bitcoin. You never know what that will be tomorrow. Well, that is all that we have time for today. Jason, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. For those of you that are curious about investing in digital currency, make sure to check out the hyperlink below, get your free $10, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Mm-hmm.